This is episode 148 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 148 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I've got Joe Costanza on the show. Joe is a guy that was listening to my podcast right back at the beginning, came to one of the first meetups we ever did for the Greater Hamilton REI meetup back when we did that. I uh, got a chance to meet him then, learn about him, and uh, he only had one property then, and he's come quite a long way since then. So Joe has uh, invested significantly in Hamilton doing duplex conversions, and he's also made his way up to Sudbury. In this episode, he talks about how he manages at a distance, how he's built his teams, how he has faith in himself to make decisions, and how he knows when to take action. When's the right time? A lot of people who are getting started don't really know when they're ready to make that leap. And Joe sheds light on how he's done that. And he's only in his mid-20s right now. So it's really inspiring to see how far he's come. And uh, he's definitely got a bright future ahead of him. As always, I'm just going to ask you to please like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. If you're watching on YouTube, and if you're listening on one of the other platforms, please make sure that you subscribe. And uh, if you wouldn't mind leaving a rating and review on Apple, podcast that'll certainly help more people to find the show if uh, you're new to real estate investing and you haven't already done so go right back to episode one and work your way through it really is a deal maker for a lot of people Uh, i've heard so many success stories because of people going through these podcasts and listening to the various different successful guests that we've had on so lots of value there and you might as well take advantage of it and final note before we get into the episode if you want to grab my cash flow analyzer you can do so on my website at andrew-hines.com So without further ado, let's jump into episode 148 with Joe Costanza. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Joe Costanza. Do you go Joe or Joseph? Joe. Joe Joe Costanza on the show. And uh, he's here to talk about everything he's doing in real estate. Hamilton, Sudbury, all the fun stuff. Sudbury, right? Uh, A little bit of Sudbury, a little bit of Hamilton. I'm in between both right now. Okay, yeah. So, Joe, we were golfing this summer, and you witnessed a good performance, one of my better performances. So, uh, we would commemorate that today, and we're ha- we're having a beer in this interview. So, this is interview and beer. We don't normally do that, Joe Rogan style. <laughs> Cheers. Um, but, anyways, uh, Joe, for those who are not familiar with you, um, tell us about yourself. Yeah. Um, so, I started investing in real estate about uh, about two years ago, two or so years ago. Uh, and I think that's kind of roughly when we first met. Um, but since then, I've been doing uh, duplex conversions mostly, um, single family homes into duplexes. So like the typical bungalow conversions. Yeah. Yeah. You were on that the Hamilton train. I remember we talked yeah, earlier. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of been doing that mostly the entire time. I haven't really ventured too far out of it. Um uh, and I'm starting to do a little bit more of that now, just trying smaller or not smaller, but a little different stuff. Um, so, so still bungalows in, in Hamilton? Or? Um, uh, right now, I mean, I have a recent acquisition that, uh, that is like a one and a half story, but I'm trying to start moving more towards like the triplex or yeah. uh, those styles. Um, and is that triplex, in, in Hamilton that you're looking for that? or, or is um, that uh, Well, I'm, I'm looking for bigger bigger places than the duplexes in uh, in both markets in Sudbury and in Hamilton, but uh, uh, for Hamilton, it just makes sense because you're not cash flowing anything with uh, with duplexes anymore. Like it's just you're barely breaking. Yeah, what are those like numbers typically looking like now? Like people are buying them for like six hundred plus duplexes. Like the single family home you're buying oh, for six hundred. They're buying. There's there's like full guts that are going for like like seven seventy. <laughs> 
Like it's I it's ridiculous. When people were stretching their their minds around the. This was not even like two years ago that that the finished product would be worth like six fifty. They're like, oh, that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, I remember. I think we yeah. were having a conversation yeah. on my on my second place. I bought mm-hmm. it, and I was like, I don't know. Maybe it goes for like six twenty. It could go for six fifty. This was only like what, like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Right. So the inventory price has has been driven up, and then the end product has been driven up. It's weird though. I'm not sure if I see it. I, I see it slowing down. I just don't see it taking a. I mean, maybe that's just me personally. Like a correction. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. Yeah. I and I don't necessarily see the correction. It depends like what happens with interest rates. Like if interest rates were to go up to like five percent, that's different. Then yes, you're going to see a correction. Um, but doesn't mean you can't ride that wave out. Just make sure you got your cash flow. That's, that's because it, if right? that happens to interest rates, I mean, people are going to to rent instead of buy. You know, so so there's still going to be demand. You still have. Uh, I, I would still think you'd have your demand for rents, um, but it'd just be a matter of riding it out. And I think that's that's, but that's where cash flow comes is so important. And so as long as you're buying with good fundamentals, and like you say it all the time on this podcast, yeah. as long as you're buying with good fundamentals, you're yeah, you'll be fine. Right that way. So your Hamilton, do you have just the one or do you have more than that? The one. So uh, I have. Duplexes? Uh, so I have. In cr- Hamilton. That currently I have, um, I have three that are completed and we have one that we just went firm on actually yesterday. Okay. Um, to, to buy some more inventory. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, exactly. Um, What's your purchase price on that one? That one. So that one's an interesting one. It's a, it's a big house. Like it's uh, it's close to three thousand square feet. We're gonna be converted into a triplex. It's already a legal duplex, uh, and so we purchased it at seven forty five, and uh, we have some ARV numbers that we think will come in. Or, well, based on what things are selling for right now, we think around nine to nine fifty. So nine just based on size. Okay, so end value nine fifty. I'll just crunch these numbers real quick to see what you're looking at. What do you figure you'd have to renovate that for? Um, so this is the thing. So if we do if we do the duplex, it'll go for nine fifty. There's so many different avenues we can go with this, just because it's a larger property, the way it's situated, and the way that the house is actually designed, and the amount of rents that it'll bring in. Um, but we think it, the renovation, if we just kept it as a duplex, would probably be about eighty k, okay, eighty to ninety. Okay, and if you are to go triplex, if so, we if we are to go triplex, we're looking more towards the two hundred mark. But but then you're going to be worth more than nine fifty. Oh yeah, so yeah, if, exactly. If, say it was hypothetically a triplex. What what are you going to be worth? Like I mean, one point one. I would I would say one point one. That's my my low estimate right now is uh, one point zero five. Um, but I can't see it going lower than one for sure. Okay, so. One million fifty thousand, hypothetically, and then you're gonna do a two hundred grand reno to get there. Uh, so two hundred. Um, so you're gonna be in for like nine forty five. If you're getting an eighty percent mortgage, you're gonna be eight forty. Um, so you're gonna be in for a little bit, about one hundred and five thousand. Yeah, yeah. We we, we plan mm-hmm. to be in for a little bit on this one. Uh, understandably, it's uh, the cash flow on it, it's really nice. Um, so okay. that's the only thing that that's the thing that's that. It's kind of like the nice hedge with the Hamilton market because it's not because Hamilton doesn't really cash flow as much. Like people are buying duplexes for nine hundred and they're like they're maybe breaking even on like three. They maybe make like three hundred a month. Yeah. This one, my projections are kind of closer to like depends on your interest rate, but thirteen hundred to 
to to 1600 kind of in that range okay so that's what you think your cash flow would be yeah okay exactly. so if, if this if this was rented as completed like what do you think these units are going to go triplex for? or duplex the triplex version the triplex version so we have 1600 for the basement okay 2400 for the front unit okay and uh 22 for the back and then 200 for the rear so uh what does that come out to uh, What's weird, like parking or something? Like six fifty, uh, sixty five hundred. Yeah, I got the rear. The, the, there's a there's a garage in the back as well. Oh, okay. So you're and plus, rent out there's the a rear. So there's it's a one and a half story mm. with a rear addition. Yeah. And the rear addition and the one and a half story. That's the two units right now. And so we're making the basement into one unit. Yeah. Uh, and making the one the one store the main story of the of the front house and the half story as one unit and then the rear addition as another unit. Okay, so that's how you would have your three, yeah. and then the, so you said two hundred bucks, or did, did you mean two thousand? No, two hundred for sorry, two hundred for the uh, garage for the garage. Gotcha. Okay, uh, and twenty two hundred for the rear. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, so so that's that works out to sixty four hundred. Now, would these all be legal units? Like, would you be going for a legal try, or would it be a legal duplex plus an extra? It would unit? be a legal tri- uh, legal duplex yeah. plus a try. Yeah. Uh, plus the, the yeah. Uh, I mean, the there's so many suite. people doing that yeah. kind of thing in Hamilton. More than more there than anywhere I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it seems to become the norm. So, uh, what would your taxes be when you when you complete that? Well, currently it's listed as a as a duplex, and it's uh, the taxes on it are roughly about uh, thirty eight hundred a year. Okay, so we'll just say forty five if it were to increase. Yeah. Um, insurance on that. What do you think you'll be when it's done? Uh, insurance on that close to. Uh, like 180 a month to 200, I would assume, okay. based on the multiple kitchens and stuff like that. Okay, so 2,400. Now, maintenance, something like that. Maybe I'll leave it at 8% just to be safe. Utilities, are you are you paying them? No. Or will you no, be paying them? Nothing? No, they, no, I don't pay anything. It's what about water? Do you have separate meters? Uh, it, everything's, so everything's already separated because it was a duplex before. So it actually had two separate meters. Yeah, it has so two separate meters. So will you go for the third meter or you'll have to, you'll have to separate that? We'll probably that. do a split on a that splitter, one. Yeah. Like it, the typical, the way Hamilton, a lot of Hamilton properties are run is it's a 60-40 split. Uh, for the oh, so you just and, do a set split. So that front yeah. unit, that front main house is just going to be a 60-40 yeah. split. So you really shouldn't have any utilities or maybe a couple hundred bucks on changeovers or whatever it is. Yeah, maybe yeah. on changeovers and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, sure. But so, I, I kind of factor that in with my vacancy rate, so it's Right, fine. right, right. Okay. Uh, management, are you going to pay any or are you just going to do it yourself? No, I usually manage them myself. Okay. Uh, and then landscaping, snow removal. That's all on the tenants. So I they're doing all of that? Yeah, yeah. There's, cool there's really not much for them to do, okay. but yeah. Okay, so I'll just leave uh, like a 500 miscellaneous there, like I like to. And then we said that that would probably be worth 105. Oh, 105. Okay, so your cap rate on that is a healthy 5.93. That's almost 6%. That's pretty good. Yeah, com- yeah. well, in compared to what's, what's, what's selling, on the, mar- yeah, oh, yeah, selling yeah, on the Hamilton market right now. Yeah. So if that if you were to get eighty percent, as we said, you could go a thirty gram because you can still finance that with the residential lenders. Um, maybe two point. What do you think? Four? I do mine usually at three. Okay, uh, so but we'll like do three you can, for safety. Yeah, yeah. But you can do two point yeah. five. That's that's usually what I tell my investors. Man, you're right. Sixteen fifty seven is what I got for cash flow here. That's a cash flow mon- monster. So I mean, you, you got a hundred and some odd into it. Um, but you know, so a cash on cash return there is actually quite healthy. Like yeah. you're going to be like around twelve percent or something. Yeah, exactly. So it's good cash on cash, and it's you know you're getting massive appreciation in Hamilton. I mean, assuming it continues. Yeah. Otherwise, you've got your you know your pay down, which is roughly 
I don't know, three percent, two percent a year. Mm-hmm. So um, lots of um, ways to win there, especially if you can hold it with the way they're printing money right now. Yeah, you just got to imagine. <laughs> it, it, this seems to be a trend that's continuing, right? Housing just keeps getting more and more expensive. Well, didn't so, they just raise uh, minimum wage? I, I heard the rumblings that, yeah. that it was going to be fifteen. And then I hear, um, I just got into this in the last one, but that they're up, people are upset. Like, that's not a living wage. <laughs> oh God, you yeah. need to go $19, $20. And what happens like, to the we, price of everything? We, where do we stop? Where, <laughs> the simple fact is, and I won't ever stop saying it, is that no one will ever pay a worker more than they're worth. So if you, if you mandate a minimum wage, all it does is it cuts anybody who's not worth $15 out of the market. The days, think about it, people will pay to go to college, to learn, to work for free, to pay to work, but it's not okay to get paid less to work and learn? Like, I mean, if I had no skills, I wouldn't expect somebody to give me 15 if I was worth 10. I'd take the 10 and say, let me learn. I'll work overtime. I I do believe in some sort of minimum wage when it comes to stuff like that, but I think we're getting a little bit out of hand. Yeah, me. I've heard that Australia will do like some sort of thing like tied to your age. So if you're younger, you can make less, which kind of makes sense. Like I think that makes some sense. people live with their parents, though. Like if say I was like 40 years old, lost my job or got divorced or whatever it was, and I had nothing and I didn't have any skills or if I was new to the country, um, you know, if I could live with somebody, live on their couch and, and a, you know, apprentice as a mechanic and make six bucks an hour, or five bucks an hour while I did it. I mean, that might be just enough to make, you know, pay for my food until I get good at it. And then I become worth 20 an hour and 25 and 30. That opportunity at six bucks an hour or five bucks an hour, I know like those, those sound like ridiculous numbers now, but that opportunity could be worth uh, everything to someone. There, there's people who are genuinely upset about minimum wage because it means they don't have a job anymore. Now we shift to automation. Those people go sit at home. Mm-hmm. Well, That's why, problem, would you, right? why would you pay someone something that they're not worth exactly when right? you can just pay when yeah. you have machinery that can do it for cheaper i get the notion of minimum wage and it's it's it sounds nice that's why people people like it like they like the idea oh that sounds everybody should have a living wage and and i agree but you're you're asking the people who created the problem the government who printed the money who who did every socialist program that caused people to not want to work to solve a problem which they have absolutely no skill at solving so <laughs> not to anyway. detract <laughs> i love this conversation though because I, I love getting into debate about it right if, if People want to, oh, you have no debate for me. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's ridiculous, but uh. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, not to detract from from your episode here, Joe. So no, no, no. So no. we're talking about the numbers on your your triplex, and you're you're doing really well here. Um, now you mentioned we a few times. So does this mean that you've I'm got in partners? with some? I'm I'm in the deal with some partners right now. Um, so, typical, so are they money partners? Do you have money partners, money partners. Okay, and what, what's your structure? Is, is this a, a typical 50, structure? Yeah, 50-50 So you split. have 50, they have 50? Yeah. Okay, and you do all the work, they just put in the money? Um, it's not a... T- yes, that is uh, that is the structure. It's not something that I really love. I want, to br- I want a partner that brings a little bit more. Um, but uh, it is kind of a, a, fla- a family relationship, so... It's a it's an easy split for me, right? Yeah, yeah. family uh, family thing. But, uh, it can be sticky, but yeah, yeah, no, one hundred percent, it can be sticky. But I'm starting to my, with my joint ventures. I'm leaning more towards people that that bring that can bring yeah. more value. Um, Same, yeah, yeah, like the creativity thing. Like, yes, exactly. it's almost like your partners are your coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. you you, you boost each other just, up, yeah. right? Yeah, you, exactly. boost, you give each other ideas, motivation. You know, as long as you're thinking on similar wavelength. Um, that's what I, I really like JVs for. I know I've talked on this, this show about no JVs and like whatever, which you don't need to, like if it's basic properties. But if you got the bigger stuff, like the creativity is, 
invaluable, right? It's exponential increase in income. It's yeah, like I was just talking about this on the last one is uh, you know, it's not one plus one equals two. It's much more than that. That's the good thing. Yeah. yeah. So and you mentioned you're trying to go for bigger ones, right? So so you've got those three in, scale up a three little in bit. Hamilton yeah. here. And so this would be the this this recent would be the fourth. Okay. And then another two in Sudbury that are yeah. just refinancing right now. Yeah. And are you partners on most of them? Uh only two properties I'm partners on. And those are in Hamilton? Uh both in Hamilton, yeah. Okay. So the Sudbury ones, how'd you do those? And well, first off, like what are they and, and how'd you structure them? So they're very similar to my Hamilton purchases, actually. They're uh they're uh like brick bungalows with basement apartments. And that's basically the structure that we've been going with over there. Um, it's just something that that's easy for me to do, and I can. It's just I have it on a repeat system. I, I know exactly how to do it. I walk in, this goes there, this goes there, this and done. I know the numbers back are they, like the back of my hand. And are they really um, light renos? Um, one is one was a very easy reno. Uh, we kind of. It was a great buy, more than anything, um, and we just did a little cosmetic thing here or there, did a little upgrade, uh, and it was done. Really just added like a washroom, moved the kitchen around. Um, but um, another one, it's, a, it's a, full, a full gut in the inside for the basement, and then a new basement apartment. So, but they're both ending up as duplexes? They're both ending up as duplexes, okay. yeah. Legally? Yeah, legally. Okay, so those are, those are done legally, and what, what do your numbers look like on those, like to buy... And then, what? Are yeah, you I mean, the, since I since I bought those, the numbers have gone a little bit uh, crazy in the areas. Um, but uh, I guess I'll run through the second one because the first one's kind of a, a, an extreme outlier. Like based on what we bought it for, based on the amount of renovation that we had to do, we just really got a, a great buy on it. But the uh, the second one we purchased at three forty five. Okay. We're doing a renovation of uh, uh, seven hundred or uh, seventy-five thousand. Okay. For the basement, uh, and then it should rent. The main floor should rent for uh, twenty-two plus, or in, not including utilities. Uh, and then the basement nineteen, not including. They get utilities. that much. This is the thing, though. It's a three-bedroom in the basement as well. So there's oh, three-bedroom okay. upstairs and three. It's a it's big like house. Hamilton runs. Yeah. Well, it's, well, not I mean, not, yeah. not including utilities. Like, it really yeah. does make a difference. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah. So you should have really good cash flow on this. Yes. And then yeah. there's a, also an attached garage that we're renting out for 200 on that property. Okay. So that's 4300 on that. I mean... You're basically your one percent rule on what you got into it. Or what basically what we got into it, yeah, for yeah. sure. So so you're into it for about four twenty, mm-hmm. you're getting forty three hundred, so you're more mm-hmm. than one percent rule. Um taxes on that place would be uh four thousand one hundred, I think, round up. Okay. Um main or insurance would keep roughly the same, like twenty four hundred or less? uh insurance uh is about uh seventeen. Or 17. uh sorry, not seventeen. Uh like one hundred and seventy dollars a month. Okay, cool. So one seventy. You doing the math in your head? Twelve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just type it on my. Sorry, Excel I usually sheet. do it by monthly in my head. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so I'll leave maintenance at eight percent, and then we've got no management, right? No, there is management. Okay, there. there what are you paying? Uh, I do. Um, it's a ten percent management fee, and that includes re re renting. That includes re renting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so 10%, and then uh, miscellaneous will leave that alone. Landscaping, you don't do any of that? I don't. Uh, they do it. Uh, Inside the 10%? Uh, 
no, it's no. Extra. So it's a, it's an, it's a. I roughly round it up to be about an eighty dollars a month extra. Okay, equals eighty times twelve. Yeah, it makes sense. So you'd have management up there. That's pretty far. Away. Yeah, no, I'm not yeah. going to drive up there. And and the reason I started moving more towards that direction was to be able to release myself from the uh, from the properties a little bit more. Um, Hamilton, there's just no cash flow in order to do that. I really love the Hamilton market, but there's just like for me to to manage ma- it doesn't for work. me. Well, it, it's just it gets difficult to start scaling when you're having to deal with I hear with tenant problems, right? So. Yeah. I'm trying to diversify a little bit where I'm not having to uh, to manage well, it so much. As and if money. you look at what's happened to Sudbury, I mean, that's gone up just as much as, maybe not just as much. I think it's up like 20% year over year. I mean, that's plenty of upside uh, to be had in Sudbury. So you don't need to be investing necessarily in Hamilton. Um, what do you figure that place is worth when it's done? When it's done, we're estimating uh, the low 500. So I'd say like 510, 510, 520 in that range. Okay, and appraisers are supporting that kind of thing. Yeah. Now? Okay, so you're going to be in for about twelve thousand. Um, so your new mortgage would be about four hundred eight. You're in for four twenty. So in for very little. Um, so let's see. Uh, so we'll do an eighty percent thirty year three uh, percent interest rate just to be conservative, and you're still making eleven hundred bucks, even paying a manager. Right. That's that's what I'm talking about. Like if you can if you can actually afford to pay a property manager that you know ten percent. Which I mean is not like astronomically overpriced or anything, uh, especially if that includes re-renting. Otherwise, it's it is it is too much. But um, that's a reasonable property management rate. If they do a good job, maybe eventually they give you a little discount because they're doing a lot of your properties. Yeah, so that's yeah. They, that's their thing. They have like after you get to a certain number of properties, give a discount. And I'm trying to work with them now because I'm trying to go a little bit more and heavy into the Sudbury purchases with some stuff. Um, so we're working with them to try and negotiate a deal. Okay. Yeah. So you're not really leaving much in there. Is that your typical attempt? Like, what's the model here if you're not able to get those perfect burrs? Like, you're almost perfect burr there. Mm-hmm. What's the model? How do you scale and continue to grow if you can't get them? Or do you think you can continue to get them? I guess that's the real question, right? Um, I haven't had any... So this is the thing. Like, I haven't really had issues finding these, like, pretty decent properties where you're not invested a lot in um like you I, have not had an issue I've had, i haven't had an issue so i don't see it being an issue i don't know maybe it's just what i'm picking and what i'm looking at and how i select my properties i hear people are having issues where they're not being able to pull out as much or they're not uh really able to get the same numbers that i'm seeing but i haven't had any issues with regards to that um like i just wholesaled the property the other day uh, not the other day, but uh, back a few months ago in Sudbury because I w- didn't want to take on the on the purchase and uh, and it was a great like great deal. I mean, they they probably did just as well on that deal than they than I did on this one. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so so there's still great deals to be had. So you think perfect birds are an option? It is a way. I think so. I think, but you have to also understand. Like, I probably didn't per- when I purchased that. It probably wasn't. Like when we when we went firm on that, the ARV wasn't five ten. It was more okay, like so it, grew. it was more like four eighty, right? So I mean, there was we had a little upside. Some the market did play in our favor, um, but I mean that's right. how the situation is working out right now. So I guess I'm just trying to evaluate what you will do, right? Because you own these, you set it on your own. These two, there's no joint venture partner. So what? What's the next play, right? You're you're doing well. Like you're 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 getting good properties, good cash flow. Um, 
how do you keep that going or do you think you can keep it going with the money you have available to you great because we all have in, you know a finite amount of money right before we're out and then at that point do you just jv or at that point are you going to start borrowing private money so um i'm at a unique space a unique opportunity right now where i'm starting to do more J- jvs at the same time that i'm doing more private money um and so like this property for example, uh, we went in with, with private financing on this one. So your number's probably slightly off because we did have like a, a little little fee up front, um, okay. like a, a lending fee. Okay, whatever. so you're borrowing, you borrowed the down payment? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. um, but I'm starting to get more into the JV, into the JV space, uh, looking to bring on more partners. And that's kind of part of the reason why I started going to more of the Sudbury stuff. Um, is because I'm getting a lot of people that are coming to me and going, I want to start investing with you, but I don't have the 150 or $200,000 that's required to do something like a Hamilton or London, like renovation and like purchase and renovation, right? They're coming to me and they're going, I have a hundred thousand dollars and I need to make this work. And it's like, okay, well, let's see what we can get you. Right. And so I'm finding properties that are, are not too intensive of renovations. There's still a decent amount of renovations, but we're in, we're able to get in with low and out with with very little invested in the property, and so they can keep doing their thing, and I manage the the, the relationship. From yeah, there. so you're saying the 100k could could keep going. Like they I think, can put their money. It, yeah, in, in these smaller yeah. markets, your your yeah. money goes further. Right. Yeah, so you might you might be able to stretch that with burrs, ten yeah. properties, twenty properties, who knows? And maybe by the time you get to ten, you can go back and refinance the first one, <laughs> and then you just keep rolling it forward. I mean, if things keep going up reasonably, you would. I mean, yeah. Well, let's not bank on that, but yeah, exactly. Exactly. I always say that. Like, it doesn't matter if it did. I don't yeah. bank on that. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. got to work as it is. And yeah, then, and I usually run all my numbers with like appreciation at zero percent because right, it needs we just to be work safe. That. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, and I think that's what so many people don't get. Like, no, like just because appreciation is there, yes, you can build it in your numbers and you can say reasonably yes, but if you need it, that's a deal breaker. for Yeah, me. Like, exactly. If if yeah. you need appreciation to make the property work, it's not a good property. Yeah, there there are others. Yeah, it means yeah, keep exa- looking. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't mean you couldn't make money on that. No, no yeah, it's you just can, you can a, make really, you could do really well. It, this is where it comes you're back taking to concentration, a right? Is, yeah, like, what's exactly. your investment concentration in that type of deal? You don't want to have all that type of deal because if the market goes a different direction, now you're not in a good position. But somebody who's got thirty cash flow properties wants to take on one of those. No biggie. Like, yeah, because it's not going to hurt them. Yeah, but someone who's you. buying their first, yeah, second, yeah. or third deal, like if you're banking you know, appreciation, yeah. something goes wrong, like then you're out your of portfolio's game. gone. Like, you you're, know what I mean? Like You're out of the game, really. Exactly. Yeah, tail between your legs. I mean, that's pretty much what happened to me like early on. I I only had a couple of properties and yes, the Canadian ones were positive, but my Ohio stuff just like tanked and I was just, okay, I'm done. You know, like you don't want that. Fortunately, I got back in because I had so many real estate investors around me, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's important, yeah. right? Like you need a the network. network, you need. Yeah, the, yeah network, exactly. the network saved me, right? I yeah, would not yeah. be a real estate investor today if it wasn't for my network. Like my mother-in-law and my buddy Carlo, like kind of like dragged me out of the ditch and <laughs> yeah, yeah. back in. Well, that's good, right? Yeah. Like that, that's what they're there for. That's yeah. what your network is there for. And that's why it's so yeah. important to build a, yeah. a network. And you, so I think we met, you heard my podcast one of the early episodes, you came to the first meetup, I'm pretty sure, the very first, and that's where we met. And I think you were you were in Irwin's uh, group as well. Yeah, 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 Doing yeah, yeah. that, so you've kind of built, you built uh, the network around here, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of yeah. uh, where I started. Uh, I started building my network out uh, in the Hamilton area with uh, the Iwin group. Um, and I really started scaling from there. I remember the first time that we met, I think I had just purchased my first place like a month before. And uh, I remember we were talking and you're like, you're like, oh, uh, you should, um, 
I should come see your properties, whatever. And I was like mildly embarrassed to like let you come see the property. <laughs> I don't think you ever came. No, I didn't see your property. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, because like the first one was, uh, was like there wasn't really much to it. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I've grown my network from, uh, from like within Hamilton. That's where I was focused for the last little yeah. bit. And so now I'm trying to, starting to move out from there. So it was so important. I, I think, you know, back the first meetups I did for the greater Hamilton, I mean, th- those are the first Hamilton investors I'd really had the ch- chance to meet. Like I wasn't really in that, in that sphere of people. So that's the nice thing. Like you build it, they will come build a podcast <laughs> and now all of a sudden you're in the, into that circle. And it's, uh, it's, uh, pretty cool. All the connections that were made there and, and how like so many people acknowledge, like it's a small world, like these investors, you know, you know, their names, you see them on, uh, on Facebook or in the groups or whatever. So, uh, very cool. So what, you know, you talk about getting bigger and doing bigger. Like, what do you see on the horizon for you? Um, what do you mean in terms of what I like see on the horizon? deals? Like, are you, I mean, we haven't even talked about what you do for income, like what your greater vision and why you're doing this is mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. What, what's the bigger picture here for you? Um, so it's weird because like that for me changes so much. Like it's like one, one day it'll be this, the next day it'll be this. I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, I'm doing this for family and stability and stuff like that. Um, but, um, for me, like the long-term goal that's always been in my head has been 200 units. Um, so whether we get there or not is not really so important. It's more of the journey to get there and the growing and the, the, uh, the, the opportunities that come up in searching for that. So, um, that's kind of currently still I'm moving towards that goal is the 200 units. Um, but I haven't really kept it so firm in my mind. Um, and that's because I'm constantly changing my mind and, and but I seem to always kind of fall back come back to the 200 units what's the 200 units do i I, you know what it's weird because i like i know people are like oh you should create a y and then like go backwards and like figure it out from there but it was just kind of like a really early like thing that i kind of committed to with myself um for why i needed 200 units um but it wasn't really like a, a pure purpose for the 200 units the big reason was like wanting to be able to provide uh like security and and stuff like that for a family and stuff like that yeah like you're talking the proverbial potential family yes yes proverbial. <laughs> well even like just like with my immediate family right now yeah, right yeah, like gotcha. it, it, we're not doing we're all like i mean we can we're doing it for money and stuff like that sure like uh let's let's not lie to ourselves but at the same time like there's a level of there's a reason you're taking the risk that you're taking right and so it's it's not just about you. Most of the time, the people are doing really well. It's it's about something greater than themselves. Well, of course, yeah. It's funny people uh, people will say like this is a risk. I actually think it's a risk working a job. <laughs> Look at all the people getting fired right now because <laughs> they, they didn't comply with their mandates at work, right? Like um, something could never be more risky than having one source of income, right? So if you have multiple rental properties now, you know you have multiple bosses or sorry, multiple. Sources of income, we'll call it. Uh, so your tenants, you know, they're, they're your customers and they pay you. So exactly. it's not, they're not going to fire you. They like their place to live. Hopefully. <laughs> so, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, give them a nice place to live and, and, uh, and hopefully they'll like it. So I think, uh, you know, I've heard people say that recently. Like, um, you know, just what I've seen recently has made me realize how important it is to not be dependent on the job. Oh, yeah. Especially in this last, last year. Yeah. Like, you just think of all the people that are working full-time jobs that 
haven't had increase in salary and mm-hmm. we've had this dramatic inflation right yeah. like you just just that alone and our properties went up yeah but, but their their but, uh their incomes didn't yeah exactly and, and now everything just got more expensive to them and uh this is where yeah everyone if you're not making if you're not getting 30 40 percent raises a year you're you're getting pay cuts every exactly year. and uh people don't want to admit that but that's the the problem with uh, a currency that's not backed by anything all you need to do is turn on the printer that's really the that's, uh that's it yeah that's where we find ourselves so yeah and so um, I think that was that was part of the yeah. reason, right? Like d- diversification, yeah, trying yeah, to get exactly. a little bit more security for myself. And I think I realized very early on when I w- was like 21, starting my first full-time job, it was like working for someone else is not for me. Yeah, I need to find a way to you, so make you, money. Is that on your radar to, to quit that? Yeah, yeah. Currently, I'm still working uh, a full-time job, but it's kind of, I have a commitment that I'm going to be out by 30. Uh, and I'm well, well on the way to being out by 30. Yeah. Um, and well, especially so if you keep getting those $1,700 <laughs> a property cash flows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we're kind of moving in that direction yeah. right now. Uh, okay. And, um, so, so obviously retiring yourself is part of it, financial stability long term. I just posted this on my story this morning, which I, I saw it when I was just scrolling. Um, the highest form of wealth is being able to wake up in the morning and say, I'll do whatever I want today. I'm paraphrasing, but, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want today. And um, that's really, that sums it up for me. If somebody asks me what my, my, what my, what my why is, that's it. Like just any, any day, no one's going to tell me what to do. I'm going to get up. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to make commitments that I want to make. And I'm going to, you know, take on contracts that I want to make, to take. But uh, you do things for yourself. Right. Whereas the other people, well, I got to be there by 9am because this is my job. I mean, yeah, we've all been there, but I think being there and, and acknowledging, hey, this is not the way. Yeah, I think there's like that. Yeah. What's that saying? Um, there's no point of a Rolex if it tells you what time to have lunch. Yeah, <laughs> never heard that one, but uh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a different way of thinking, right? Like, but I think most of us get that. I, I don't know if you. What's your take on this space? Like, most people in our network kind of get that. We were sort of lied to in school, like, you know, go, go to college, go to university, get a good job. I think that's a total lie. I think that, that, that the idea that, you know, you get a good pension and retire one day, it's total lie. But there's, there's a lot of people that still believe in it, right? Yeah. Like, I, I think for us, it's different because we're around those people all the time. Like, we're around the, the entrepreneurs, the people who are trying to do their own thing. So the people that I associate with, the people that you associate with, that's the mentality. It's like, I'm doing things for myself because... I want to have a better future for myself. I want to have more freedom. I want to have more time. Whereas if you weren't associating with those people, it, you don't have that same influence, right? And so you may feel alone in that sense. But I think that's where kind of building the network becomes important, right? And it helps to shape your your mindset. How do you do that now? How do you build build networks now? I guess some some groups are starting to open back up in yeah. terms of... I think, I think things are opening back up. But yeah. I think staying just active, even on social yeah. media, helps to right. build that network. Yeah, the if you build it, they will come. I think if you're if you're sharing what you're doing on Insta and stuff, like people will reach out. I've been doing a terrible job of that lately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, trying to do a little bit more on the, on the socials. I mostly just stick to politics. <laughs> <laughs> things i shouldn't um but yeah in all seriousness i just yeah i'm, I'm sort of unfiltered i think people know me that way <laughs> whatever well, that's fine if that's who yeah. you are then that's who you are right right at least we'll, we'll be no no bs with it right and i <laughs> 
I do think there's some important stuff, like for those who are wondering, like, yeah, there's just some important things lately that I think just need to be said. So I say them, but uh, not a lot of people want to hear it. Maybe they do. I don't even know, right? Because sometimes I don't hear a lot of feedback on some of the stuff I say. And then sometimes I hear, hear everybody saying, yes, just ridiculous, whatever. <laughs> so anyways, not to get too tangent here. So you're you're in Sudbury. You found yourself a contractor there. Like, how did you put that together? How much time did you have to spend up there? Like, tell me the story of how that all unfolded. Yeah, so um, I think first first and foremost, uh, like reaching out to people who you know are investing in the area and building out a team from, from that. Um the contractor that I have out there is kind of through the networks that I have kind of I found him and uh, and so we're able to work together because we kind of have the a similar similar mindset when it comes to investing he had, does his own stuff as well um, but he hasn't done a lot of the duplex conversions and so we're working with each other I'm teaching him how to do the duplexes and he's kind of giving me like a good rate for what we're what we're doing and so we have a good kind of partnership going on right now um and even with some of the stuff like he's purchased a, a bungalow recently that he's converting and with my background in architecture like i did the drawings for him for free right like it like we have a good relationship and so i'm do you have your license for bcin no i don't but i mean i usually just do my drawings have someone else stamp them i mean oh, okay, i shouldn't yeah. really say that but you know <laughs> <laughs> so he just said i did it myself yeah, yeah yeah he well he so you can submit as an as an owner with drawings yeah. right yeah. and you so just have he, to say you did it yourself yeah right? exactly yeah. so he just went in and and submitted. I mean, I haven't had any issues with my submissions. I mean, it's pretty cookie cutter. Every city wants to see the same information, right? You just have to adjust it for the bylaws of that area. But I mean, do you do all your own your own drawings? I I do still, but I'm starting to get away with it, uh, away from it. Yeah, because it's um, a lot of time. Right? Yeah, it's time. And how much is your time worth? And really balancing yeah. that out. Um, but you can get it exactly as you want. That's the nice thing, right? Like if yes. if you're the guy doing the designs, like. I can mock stuff up. So I guess at the end of the day, I can get it too. I'm not interested in learning CAD. So, um, oh, I usually like, even if I, I'm sorry, I think with this new place, I'm probably not going to do like the actual drawings myself, but I'll, I'll do all the design. I'll figure out where every room goes and yeah. really organize it. So you'll just explain it and then have yeah, somebody and else then do it. Basically draw it out and have someone else do it for me. Yeah. Um, and it's just when yeah. I look at my, like the time, like the value of my time, it just makes sense. Yeah. So are you, is that what you're doing for a daily right now? Are you doing, um, design? No. So I, uh, I work with, um, I work with developers right now. I'm, uh, I do project management. So I, I'm on sites building, uh, like high rise towers and managing the construction of those. So that's right a now. lots of tangent or sorry, lots of complementary benefits yeah, to what you're doing exactly. in that, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah no, it, it, there's definitely yeah. like a lot of crossover traits that, uh, yeah. That really helps managing with, project yeah, management. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But the beautiful thing is you're not even really doing it, right? You're hiring somebody else to 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 manage your build, right? There you have a GC. Um, I still think those are good skills to have, though, because now you can it's, it's you can learning, spot yes, what, what makes exactly. sense and what doesn't make sense. Exactly. You can smell BS. That's a great that's a great skill yeah. to have. Um, I was just talking to the uh, the builder in Florida yesterday for a half an hour on the phone, like kind of kind of pressing a little bit on on industry stuff and seeing how they they responded and they did well and it made me it made me have a level of confidence exactly yeah it gives you the ability to yeah. kind of quiz them yeah and and then kind of yeah exactly feel get them that out confidence. for how exactly how credible and how because you they understand are. Yeah. how the process should right. work right yeah, and, and I, I look for the hesitation is there a hesitation or is it an immediate response because the hesitation means they have to think about it if it's an immediate response that means they're in this business and it's not it's second nature to them right yes, so, exactly um 
that's the key, right? That's why you got to know a little bit about what your business is. Even if you're, you know, you're not taping the drywall, but you know what it looks like. Yeah. (laughs) You know how it looks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like a good job versus a bad job. You can see that. So, um, yeah, super, super, uh, important for sure. Um, so next two years, what do those look like for you? Um, the next two years. So, uh, we're going to probably close out this year, uh, with five purchase or four, probably five purchases. Uh, that would be my third year of investing. And then target is eight for the following year. Um, so trying to get to somewhere close to 15 to uh, 18 units in that range as of two years. units or properties? Sorry, 18 that? properties. Yeah, okay. Yeah, in that range, yeah. 15 to 18 properties in that range. Yeah. And majority will still be owned by you? Uh, the, the plan is to have majority yeah. owned uh, by me, but uh, mm-hmm. the ones that I do have in partnerships are going to be strategic partnerships. And so I'm looking to bring on more people. It's just a matter of finding the right fit, right? I've had people come to me and be like, hey, listen, like I have this, I want to do this. And I look at them and I'm like, this is just, it's just not a good fit. If you're looking for people who are going to add something and go on the mortgage and put in the money, right? Well, it, it, this is the thing. Like, if you have such a complementary skill that, like, like you can lessen some of my workload, I don't mind coming up with with some of the the cash or going on the mortgage or whatever, right? Like, it has to be. It's the relationship has to be mutual, yeah. right? And so, if you can bring something to me, like maybe you want to manage the property long term, okay? Well, then, or you want to manage the ma- project manager who manages the property, right? Like, yeah. like okay, great. Like, then you take that side. I'll work on the renovation. Maybe I'll. I'll finance it. You bring the money, right? Like it's like, it's not so cut and dry, right? It's not always a 50, 50 split money partner and, uh, and working partner. I think, um, having a healthy balance where both kind of get involved a little bit is good. I mean, the, the typical relationship always works, but I'm, it, it's where does the value get added? Right. Right. It's like, for instance, on my, on my uh, Florida stuff, it wouldn't make sense for me to take a partner on, on that stuff because I'm not really doing that much. And it's pretty straightforward. Right. Whereas if there was more opportunity to be creative, then all of a sudden it would make maybe more sense to have, have that partner in there or to split up roles. So, yeah. So I I think it is really case by case. And, and so that's kind of going to be your approach going forward. If it makes sense, you'll take them on. Yes. Are you going to be going after 10 plexes, 20 plexes or, or what? Uh, currently the goal is to stay under the four. So in the three to four range. Um, but I would not be surprised if long-term I start taking on the the larger like apartment style places. Okay. And how are you going to keep growing your, you know, your six properties now, eventually the banks start getting a little squeamish unless you're structuring it right. So what are you doing to structure yourself so that you can continue to grow that way? Um, so I've started, uh, like I have a holding company and I buy my properties into the holding company. And I, I think that's, uh, that's probably the one area where I need to improve is really kind of take a step back, look at my whole portfolio and say, Oh, how is it going to, how am I going to get from point A to point B? Yeah, yeah. And what is, what, what can I do now to set myself up? And that's something that I'm still working on. I think, um, I'm still trying to have, I still have to iron that out. So you can find um, us those commercially in the corp. You could do that. That was the thought, yeah. Yeah, you could just do a blanket. Well, it's not a blanket, but it's part of a portfolio. And then if you're over four units, you can do it commercial, so five units more. Yeah. So you could do that. Or if you want to stay with the res lenders, you can just do a new company and went for, you know, like five, right? Like if you know Scotia allows 10, do 10 with Scotia in one company. 
and they don't know about the other company that has. <laughs> I mean, I've seen investors do this. I can't recommend anything, but uh, hey, people are doing it. Um, need to know basis is kind of how I think about it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still. I think I'm still having. Uh, for me, I have to still iron that out. So I don't know if I have an answer for you on that. On how that kind of let's say the next five years is going to look for me. <laughs> All right. So if you have JV partners in there on the deal, it's not. You know, then it doesn't affect you as yeah. long as you own through a corp. Like. It depends, right? Because if you're sending, like if company A owns all your properties and that's what you send to the bank and they see your tax return for that and they see that, oh, hey, you own uh, all these properties, but it says you own four more, show me what they are. And you're like, oh, well, those are JVs. It leads to more questions. So I think, you know, you have to talk to your accountant, like what kind of separation can we reasonably do? Should we have a separate corp for all my JVs? Yeah. And then one that that's for my own, you know, like just kind of setting stuff up like that. I'm not saying I have the answer. I think that's just a conversation to have. No, and I think yeah. that uh, exactly. I, yeah. I think uh, one thing that uh, that I'm looking to do more of is just like taking on uh, more professional advice when it comes to long-term scaling. I've been so focused the last two years or so on the next year and like yeah. the, the, the year after that, then I haven't really looked the five-year mark and how do I structure everything for that five-year mark. Yeah. And so that's kind of the next steps for me is, okay, so how do we make this sustainable, grow long-term, and bring people on as we do that. Well, you're already um, doing well, right? You're, you're, no, on, yeah, no, you're on track. Yeah, and I was just going to be refining it. Like, if I had had early on in my investing, like what you have now and the network and the advice, and like, I think I would have done things a lot differently. So I think you're already moving. Man, you're growing fast. I know it might not seem like it's you. <laughs> it but you're, slow, but yeah. But yeah, you're doing well. It's, yeah. uh, it's I great. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, and and just the fact that you're willing to just jump to Sudbury and make it work and that you've made it work so well while working full time, that's not a small task. I I've never really I've never really looked at it. I don't really take much time to step back and look at it. But I think the one lesson I've learned from going off and doing the Sudbury stuff is sometimes you just have to start take a you just start, but you have to take a leap of faith in yourself, right? And uh and so I've kind of come to the understanding that if I feel that I can find the answers, then it's worth going for. Yeah. Because I'll find the answers as I go through And eventually it. you got to get to that point, right? Like all of my major points of growing, I didn't have all the answers. I had a lot of them, but I didn't have all of them. You're not going to have them all when you start though, yeah. right? And like I didn't, I didn't, when I went off to Sudbury, like I didn't have a, I didn't have a realtor. I didn't have a, like a property manager. I didn't have a, a contractor out there. Like I found everything. So did you drive up before you had anything or did you just reach out to people? No, I reached out to people. I, I, I did you buy a property before you had? No, I had a realtor. So this, all I had before I even got up there was all I had was a realtor. Okay. Someone so that I trusted you find the, a property manager contractor. Yeah. So that's someone great. that I trusted through the network. Okay, right? so that's critical, right? You don't want to just you know dial yeah, random dial, realtors, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. because then they're not going to be investor focused to be like, yeah, we can do that. You'll never find a well, you'll rarely find a realtor that'll say, no, we don't, we don't do investments or we yeah. can't do that. <laughs> you will find some. Some will say straight oh, yeah, up, yeah, I don't yeah. do that. But um, but yeah, it's good, good approach, right? You're working yeah. through the network, and I think that's so critical. Otherwise, I think you got to start with. But the important managers. thing there is that you don't have to have all the answers. You just need to have enough confidence in yourself to be able to find the answers and so taking a i uh, moving the subbury for me like taking that initial jump was just having the confidence in myself to that i will find a, i will find a way to do this yeah. even if i don't have a way right now i like it yeah i like it and uh 
that's that no you know burn all the bridges behind you napoleon hills thing yeah. like you're going to be successful if you leave no no way for going back yeah, right exactly. if you sign the contract you're going to have to find a way yeah <laughs> yeah you know you can you don't have all the answers but you're going to have to find a way i i don't know how much of it is ignorance and how much of it is just confidence in myself but i think that's just been like even with my first purchase it's been like a reoccurring theme it's just like take the leap of faith before you're ready uh, and then things end up working out if you work hard enough. Oh man, it's working. Keep it up. Do you have other stuff that you wanted to specifically cover today? I know you had sent me some stuff before. Uh, no, not specifically. Um, I mean, I think we've covered a lot of the, the major topics. Yeah. Um, it tends to just go there. Yeah. The good stuff yeah, comes out. Yeah, exactly. And so you just crack a beer and then you, you get there. <laughs> exactly. You exactly. get there somehow. Um, okay, Joe, any words of wisdom before we wrap up here you want to share with people? Um, I think for a lot of people, the taking the first step is the hardest part. And so if anyone's listening, that's kind of like on the fence about, Hey, do, how do I, how do I start? Just start. Like, yeah, like it, it's, it's less scary than you think it is, especially once you're in the water, like just get yeah. in. Get in. Yeah. Preferably. Yeah. Make sure you, you've got good advice. You've got good people around yeah. you. But then once, yeah, I think it's like that 80-20, right? I know about 80% of what I feel like I need to know. That other 20%, I'm going to have to figure it out while yeah, I go. Exactly. Yeah. But I think like, I think a lot of people are also, um, they compare themselves. Like people may see like the properties that we we went through today and go, oh, I'm, I can't find anything like that. Yeah. Right? And they get discouraged and they, they're looking for that, that property that is perfect. That makes sense. It's like sometimes you just need to, you just need to get on base. You just need to. Yeah. It doesn't just need, need to be the perfect yeah, one. Exactly. Because yeah, who you meet on that first property, even if it's not a, a exactly. grand slam leads you to the people you need for the grand yes. slam. My, my first the, property was not a, was not a grand slam. It was like, it was a solid, like maybe single hit yeah. double at, at best. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got to get going, right? Because yeah. it's like the, get the, ball the rolling. Newton, Newton's law, like an object in motion stays exactly. in motion. Getting in motion is so critical. And then when you're out of motion and I've been there and up until recently, I felt like I was there, uh, you know, just had to make a move again. Right. So that was part of the Florida stuff. And yeah, then recently yeah, yeah. it was the trailer park and, and oh, I really? Doing you did some, the trailer park? Yeah. I I'm, I'm waiting for that episode to come firmed out. Yeah. I'm, I'm watching that one. That's on <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. And they can see here all my rants. So anyways, <laughs> uh, Joe, where do people reach you if they want to follow up? Um, you can reach me on Instagram or Facebook. It's uh, Joseph Costanza. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a full name just as it's spelled. Okay. I will include that in the show notes. And uh, yeah, man, good good that we finally did this. Glad Thanks. we could put it together. I do appreciate being on here. I've been listening yeah. since, God, since I started. So Yeah, yeah, right. Since we, you <laughs> were there, the I had the evidence. Yeah. So yeah, and, and yeah. I appreciate you had helped me out with some stuff a little while back. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's been good to get to know you and, yeah. and have the interview with you. Thank so. you. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, Joe. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. I'll see you on the next one. <laughs>